John, who's going to pick this podcast up? <laughs> Who picks up I podcast? I just mean that we're probably not going to do any additional episodes. Okay, okay. Just probably like, just a one-off. When you say it's not, it's like we're worried that, you know, CBS isn't going to sort of grab onto this one. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, like, uh, Earwolf's probably not going to take it, NPR's probably not going to take it. I think NPR might probably not going to take it. NPR takes a lot of interview podcasts, and let's be honest, you know, like, you know, they're sort of flagship product of fresh air. At this Mm -hmm. point, it's not that fresh. It's been going on for 30 years. (laughs) I think they could do with some sort of, some new, some new flesh in the game, you know? Mm. That's that's, that's a fair point. All right, well, you know, we should, we should get started. We should get started, you're right. I'm sorry. Welcome to Who Are You, the podcast where we interview people you've never heard of. I'm John Tyler. And I'm Ian Fox. And Ian, there's a third person with us on the call today. What? Um, who are you? Hi, I'm uh, Zach May. I wear glasses. <laughs> Fascinating. Now, Zach, would you like to tell us more about that? How long have you been wearing glasses? Uh, I'd say it's probably been um, about 10 years now. Uh, maybe oh, maybe 12 okay. Uh, I needed them a lot earlier, but didn't get them until high school. Oh, fascinating! Um, now, uh, how much do you need your glasses? How how severe? How strong is your prescription? Actually, do you know your prescription? I don't know my prescription. I used to think it was the numbers written on the side of the glasses, but apparently those are not because they were like fifty nine and like <laughs> two. Uh, which I guess are not prescription numbers. I know that 2020 vision is a thing for perfect, mm-hmm. but like, why 20? Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah, 20 I, feet I away. It's like if you're, if you're 20 feet away, then you see something as 20 feet away. Well, you learn huh. something new every day. Fascinating. Yeah. Although, I guess that, that sort of begs the question, what does it mean to see something as if it is 20 feet away, right? Like, Yeah. <laughs> sort of all around. I imagine that it has to do with, like, you're able to read such-and-such-sized letters at a certain distance. And that's probably the sort of objective measurement of it. Yeah. Um, now, Zach, why glasses and not contacts? Uh, because contacts are a pain. In what sense? you got to put them in. <laughs> your eyes, well, specifically. One could argue that you have to put on your glasses as well. I guess not in your eyes specifically. Um, I would argue I, I it's more of a pain... To put your glasses in your eyes than to put contacts <laughs> in your eyes. <laughs> that would be quite painful, I would I would believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you ever tried contacts for any length of time? Absolutely just... not. Have you ever <laughs> tried them, or is it just sort of a matter of principle? I have never tried them. Uh, not really principle, but now glasses have become a part of my identity. My friends mm-hmm. will often take my glasses off of my face, wear them, and say, I'm Zach May, I wear glasses. <laughs> Uh, so now, now it's just but, a part of me now. It seems uh, surprising to me that this would become such an important part of your identity amongst your friend group, given that um, it's very common for people to wear glasses. They, uh, it, it seems strange that you are the only person in your friend group who wears them. Uh, I am not the only person in my friend group that wears them. <laughs> uh, my friend Tyler also wears them, but it's not part of his identity, apparently. Does he take your glasses, put them on himself, and say that he is Zach May? Uh, no, Tyler is a more soft-spoken individual. Um, he's actually been wearing glasses longer than me, so it's a little little oh. confusing there. Mm. <laughs> what sort of glasses do you wear? Um, like what sort of frames, I should say? They're pretty thin, I'd say. 
do you change your frame style every now and again, or do you keep a pretty consistent style? It's been pretty consistent. It used to be uh, thick black frames, and then I switched to these thin frames, and I have not switched since. Mm. Do you feel like you might switch in the future, or are you basically... Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay. You're, you're a man with strong wow. convictions. Yeah. You gotta, Very strong principles. I only wear Converse's for shoes. Uh, you got to keep your look <laughs> consistent if you want people to remember who you are. Mm. Mm. Are you one of those people who sort of has an outfit for the day, right? Like you, you have some limited set of shirts or different style shirts that you wear together um, with like the same jeans or something? Or I have a limited set of shirts, but not intentionally. Just mm-hmm. out of sheer laziness, I just do not buy many shirts. I think John, I work with John, and I think he's probably seen all of my shirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, that seems like it might be true. Or maybe you just wear the same shirts. I guess you could have a, a stash of secret shirts I don't know about. But I do see the same shirts a lot. They're pretty good shirts, though. A lot of them are. Yeah, some I, of them suck. I, I've started um, mixing in some of, some of the older shirts again now that I've lost some weight. Because I was too fat, mm. and then it was you—you you could see my gut uh, in the in the some of the shirts. But now, no, that you I said you could see. Like, is oh, it like the shirt no. is riding up high enough that you are able to see your stomach flesh? Sort of no, no, out? no, no. It was it was like a skin suit. Like, oh, okay, okay. Like you can uh, see no, the no, belly so button. Would you like to talk about um, how you lost weight, and uh, also per- perhaps uh, what the impetus was for deciding that you needed to lose weight? Um, there was no real impetus other than, like, hey, I got a gut that looks gross. Um, oh, okay. oh, I was mistaken then. I, I thought it was inspired by the cruise you went on. Oh, you're right. Actually, it was inspired by the cruise <laughs> I went on. Um, my family went on a cruise in November, and I saw the types of people who go on cruises, uh, and they are not healthy. And I thought, well, like, these people are, like, 40 years older than me. I better start working on this now so that I do not end up like that. I had one Is the woman... fear that you will um, become a cruise person and spend more time on cruises? <laughs> oh, the cruise part is fine. It's the, the cruise body that I am trying to avoid. Okay. There was one lady in an uh, electric scooter who had dropped her bag and was trying to pick it up, so I picked it up for her and handed it to her, and she was so out of it that she just went... Aah! back at me uh, and I was like alright so then I walked up to the upper deck looked down and saw that she had dropped the bag again <laughs> and that's when you knew you had to change <laughs> yep because I don't want to be in that position just grunting at people yeah well then just don't carry a bag around with you it's, it's true I simple. Get, if there's nothing for me to drop then there's no reason for me to grunt mm-hmm. precisely <laughs> You gotta sort of take the minimal interventional approach to these sorts of things. I also have um a, a great uncle that we call Soupy. Uh, uh, he likes to grunt a lot, so it, it does run in my family. <laughs> Wait, this person was a relative of yours? Yeah, no, not that, not the person who dropped it, but I, I have a relative who grunts oh, okay. that named Soupy. <laughs> I don't know what his real name is. <laughs> Apparently, the story goes that um, he likes soup, and <laughs> his father, like my great-great-grandfather, was like, soupy. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I mean, is it just like, does he just like all types of soup? 
I don't know. Other particular I've, types? I've never seen them eat soup, so I can't say. <laughs> Doesn't sound like that big of a soup fan, then. If you haven't yeah. even seen, like, have you seen this person a lot, or? No. Uh, okay. He, he lives next door to my grandparents. Okay. But going back to the, the weight loss. So, so now we sort of have an understanding of where you were when you began your weight loss journey. Uh, how'd you, how'd you go about that journey? Um, I started cooking meals instead of ordering out. It's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then, uh, I got a dog. And now I have to actually move. Now, I'd like to talk about this, this dog a little bit there, Zach. Um, so, um, how did you, how'd you obtain this dog? Uh, well, she is a rescue. Oh. Yes. Wow, that's... I'm beautiful. That is beautiful. Thanks. So uh, that is the reaction that I should be getting every time I mention her. <laughs> but really, <laughs> I call her a rescue. Who rescued who? <laughs> so true, so true. That's you know, it's, it's hard right to say. There. I mean, as you're saying, you were on a, on a, on a path of darkness. You were gonna be grunting at people because you were gonna just be so drunk constantly and unhealthy that you wouldn't be able to speak. And now, um, uh, Daisy, I, I know that her name, because uh, you've told me previously, uh, Daisy has come into your life and uh, you're no longer on that path. Or I'm so. on that path, but now I have a dog. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the, here's the sort of dark thing. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's too dark to talk about here, but you know, dogs don't live all that long. And if this woman was like in her 40s or something, you'll oh, have plenty of time to like... 60s. Sixties. Oh my goodness. So then, like you know, maybe maybe you the the dog sort of brightens up your life. You get very fit. You run a whole bunch of ultra marathons or something. But then you know the dog, as as dogs will do, passes on. Had a had a long and happy life, and it just destroys you, right? That is quite rude for the dog to do that. Yeah, it is, it is very rude of dogs, and not a lot of people talk about it, which I think is sort of sort of odd. Yeah. Well, that's when you just start leapfrogging dogs. So towards the end of her life, you get another puppy, and mm-hmm, then uh, mm-hmm. you just keep doing that. And then you're like, "Oh, forget the old dog. I got a brand new rescue. <laughs> <laughs> brand new shiny rescue." Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what, what type of dog is Daisy? She is a black lab mix. And uh, how long have you had her again? Uh, about a month and a half. Okay. So, so how's that going? How, like, are you bonding well? She tr- being trained. I've never owned a dog. I don't know what what it's like to have one or live with one. It's it's. Uh, Ian, you've owned dogs. Maybe you should ask questions. <laughs> Is she house trained? Uh, for the most part, she'll have accidents on occasion, but that's I think mostly just due to rage and not holding it as well as some other dogs. Mm-hmm. So is she like uh, six months old or something? She is eight months old. Eight months old. Okay. So maybe so... she should be able to hold it. But she's getting better at letting me know when she can't. That's good. That's all you can ask for, right? Well, I, preferably I would ask that she not do it at all. Well, I don't think you can't <laughs> ask for that. Because here's the thing. Dogs don't understand questions. Uh, yeah, I, I've noticed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, I've actually prepared a couple of questions to ask you, Zach. Uh, this is our first time sort of conversing. Um, you and John, you, know, you go way back... Sort of all, always chatting buddy buddy style, but you know I don't I don't know the real Zach, and so the main question that I want to ask you is, what do you call someone who listens to a podcast? <laughs> what? Could... Where's, there's, there's, 
Like, are they, are they, cause like if you, if you create a podcast, you're a podcaster, right? Yes. But if you listen to a podcast, you know, what do you call yourself? Well, I like how Spider-Man fans are supposed to be webheads, so I would just probably call them podheads. Podhead, okay. I've been thinking pod people, but podhead makes a lot of sense too. Pod people, pod, pod people, people is probably yeah, makes a lot more sense. But you know, you're putting the headphones into your ears, so it's really all about the head. Yeah, it is a very head oriented medium. Pod people has like an. Uh, I like the the visual that pod people gives me though, like people who live in pods or something. They're like mole people, perhaps, but mm-hmm. they have pods that they live in. Mm-hmm. Now, I've also got a few questions from online, because that's, that's sort of all the personal questions that I prepared to ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had a lot you really wanted to learn about. Yeah, dude, you really put me through the ringer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a tough interviewer. I'm tough but fair. Um, <laughs> when did you last cry in front of another person? Mmm. Good question. I don't remember. Okay. Uh, it was probably watching a sad movie. Mmm. What sort of sad movies do you watch? Sort of like the Pixar movies? Yeah, Pixar. Well, most dramas? Pixar movies aren't that sad. I think they're all very sad. I, I feel like Up was the last one I can recall that I think made a lot of people cry. Oh, no, I guess Coco also made a lot of people cry, but I haven't seen that one. Uh, Inside Out, also pretty sad at moments. Cars. Yeah, I feel like yeah, Inside cars, Out was sad. I don't remember, like, cars any, like real tear-jerker moments. Yeah, Cars just, I was weeping for days. Oh, yes. that trailer for Cars 3, you know, when we see uh, Lightning McQueen die right yeah. before our very eyes, that that really choked me up. It was pretty cool. I couldn't believe they put that right in the trailer. Lightning McQueen died. Yeah. The trailer that they used to get everyone all excited about Cars 3. Well, I did not get me excited. I, I didn't see that movie because I I knew that my hero, my friend, Lightning McQueen, was going to die, and I, I didn't want to watch that. Well, but John, it's important that you understand that all your friends are going to die. Mm, that's a fair point. Yeah, I, I have been listening to a lot of um, uh, Irish music the last couple of days since it's uh, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, today, as we're recording, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really sort of... Those, a lot of those songs have really helped me uh, understand and deal with grief. Um, I mean, if there's any culture that I think does a good job of dealing with emotions. It is the Irish. <laughs> I don't know, they, they do have a lot of songs about death. Uh, they do. Uh, which I think makes sense, uh, given that uh, for a very long time there was a lot of death in Ireland. But also, a lot of birth. Yeah, two sides of the same coin, John. Mm. Two sides of the same coin. But, Zach, going back to you, because we are interviewing you. <laughs> yes, this is all about me, please. It's all about you. <laughs> Did you grow up? In Massachusetts. No, I grew up... Oh, he did not. Uh, I have a long and complicated history. Oh, well, let's get into that then. Let's dig uh, in. Born in Vermont. Lived there for ten years. Mm-hmm. Then moved to Georgia. Lived there for Ge- five. That's a, well, that's a change. And then moved back to Vermont. Then I lived in Florida for a few months. Massachusetts for a little while. Washington. Now I'm back in Massachusetts. Living it up. In Beantown. <laughs> Just like Beantown we all call itself. it, mm-hmm. Beantown. Yep. Not a uh, antiquated nickname at all. Everyone I know, they're like, oh, hey, how's it doing? Uh, good to see you, neighbor. Another beautiful day in Beantown. Absolutely. That's I'm walking around saying that all the time. You know me, John. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. 
I do think the most talk about Beantown all the time. The most unrealistic part of that is the assumption that sort of neighbors talk to each other. Yeah, that that is the most unrealistic part of that story. Is that anyone in Boston would talk to anyone else? Yeah, I I talked to my neighbor once, and I was not happy about it. So out of all the all the many different places that you've lived, Zach, which one feels most like a home to you? That would be Greenfield, Massachusetts. Greenfield, uh, Massachusetts. Even though you haven't spent that much time there, right? No, I only lived there for about a year and a half, but that's where my first apartment was. Mm-hmm. And um, the decline in quality of Greenfield has just has a real appeal to me for some reason. So what's in Greenfield? Uh, fields, presumably? Um, <laughs> no, there is, uh, if we want to talk about local attractions, there is the Poet Seat Tower, uh, which is a really big tower. Um, I'm not familiar with that tower. There is the Community College, GCC. Wait, I want to get back to this tower for a second. <laughs> what kind of tower is it? Uh, it's a brick tower. Okay, is, is, is it just like an observation tower? Yeah, is yeah, it like yeah. A... You can just walk oh, okay. up there, look out at, at Greenfield. Just observe was, Greenfield. Was it built as an observation tower? Wait, what? Or was it was it constructed as an observation tower, or did it have some other purpose? I think that's why. Okay. It, it's really not that interesting. Alright. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I had never heard of it, and I have been to Greenfield, uh, as I believe Ian has as well. It's true. I'm not familiar with this tower. So I did just look up Greenfield Tower, um, and actually, uh, so sort of what came out was the Grenfell Tower, and apparently there was a fire there. Who knew? No. Uh, not me. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the Grenfell Tower, not the, not the Greenfield Tower, but the Grenfell Tower has uh, burst into flames. Oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, where, where is the Grenfell Tower? Uh, it is in... Somewhere in Britain, I guess. Is it in in Grenfell? In London. I don't. I don't think it's in Grenfell. I don't know. If Grenfell is a is like the name of a location. Oh, it's certainly not the name of a person. It is located <laughs> in London. W eleven. Oh. Don't know what that means, but that's where it is. Well, well, that's got, where it was. Now it's now it's dead. They got a lot of W's over there. They got a, apparently at least eleven. That's a lot. <laughs> I'm used to usually, like, three maximum, because, you know, WWW. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Or just W. Bush, right? Yeah. The big W himself. Or Walmart, that's a big W. Walmart oh, is yeah. a very large W. Well, I guess there's, like, a billion Walmarts in the world or something, so that's that's several Ws right there. Oh, yeah, Walmart. That's something you guys are, are both fans of, actually. Um, uh, exactly, uh, like, I know we're trying to uh, jump in subjects here, but uh, since you've mentioned Walmart, I know you're a fan of it. I was wondering if you could just uh, briefly describe why, you, why you're such a fan of Walmart. What is it about Walmart that really appeals to you? The best thing of Walmart is that it is one of the few places where you can see all walks of life, from the rich to the poor, and every, it's just chaos. Everyone's just grabbing at stuff, just grabbing and moving and chutting around, and you can't figure out what side of the aisle you should be on, because everyone's just moving and just grabbing. One time I just saw people grabbing bins, just tons and tons of bins. Uh, it's just a magical place. I, I've seen fights break out at Walmart. Um, so it's sort of the, the, the great equalizer, I guess. Yep. Right? Like it, it brings out the animal in everyone. Yes. Uh, just the second you're in there, it's it's go time. 
rich people really go to Walmart? Uh, if you're people in Vermont slash New Hampshire, yes, uh, because it is the okay. only place to get anything. Are there rich people in Vermont? I mean, they're 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 rich in like the spiritual sense, right? But <laughs> I guess there's the, there's the creator of the Burlington Coat Factory who presumably has some money. Uh, I don't know, is, is the Burlington Coat Factory from Burlington, Vermont, or Burlington, Massachusetts, though? I do not I, know. Well, I think it's Burlington, Mass. <laughs> well, John, I always thought it was Burlington, Vermont, so Don't I'm take sure... this from Vermont, John. <laughs> I, I literally, I, I seriously don't know. All I know about Burlington, Massachusetts is that there's a big mall there, and then it seems like every other part of Burlington is also a mall. Um, so it seems to make sense that the... Burlington Coat Factory, being a store, would be from Burlington, Massachusetts, a town that, as far as I can tell, is nothing but stores. Here's what I'll say, Uh, John. So I just googled the Burlington Coat Factory, and you know where the headquarters are? Where? Burlington, New Jersey. What? Wow. (laughs) This is just... Oh, no. Vermont's lost a lot today. Well, it's not even from New England. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, the stock price is down about a percent today, so uh, watch out. If you're... If you're heavily invested in, in Burl. Well, that makes sense. It's getting warmer. Yeah. Less need for coats. <laughs> oh, man. It'd be great if that's how investments worked, right? As <laughs> far like... as I know, that's how they do work. But, but, I mean, I think that, yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right about that. <laughs> so, going back to uh, sort of growing up, you, you seemed like, you know, you moved around a lot as a child. Was there a reason for that? Um, as a child, I only moved from Vermont to Georgia to Vermont, and that was because uh, my dad got a job in uh, Georgia, then found out he could work from home, so he moved back to Vermont. <laughs> Took him five years that's to a... figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> I, that, I, mean, I think that's sort of like the dream scenario, though, is like you, you got a job that you where you can work from home, and then you just move to somewhere where there's not a ton of people and land is relatively cheap. Uh, you know, yeah, you just move somewhere you like. Yep. Parents live on the side of a mountain. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Pretty jealous. So what'd you think about Georgia, you know? Good good state? Uh, it's a pretty good state. I'd rank it in my top, um, 50 states. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a good ranking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's big. Okay. They got peaches, right? They, they do have peaches, they do. I never ate one in Georgia, though. You've never really? eaten a Georgia peach? No. Shameful. Just, uh, just no interest in peaches. They're soft. <laughs> That's weird. Well, dude, but, but I mean, most fruits are soft, right? Like, not do, apples. Do you not like any soft fruit? That's true. Apples <laughs> are not soft. If you're eating a soft apple, you're making maybe you're eating apple sauce. I'm saying that but... if fruits got into a fight, apples going to be one of the contenders that's coming out on top. <laughs> Well, so you're definitely right in the maple's going to be the peach. But I think what you're forgetting out here is pineapples. Yeah, I, I can't think of a fruit. Like, like maybe a watermelon. Is... Oh, oh. I think coconut is a fruit. That's more of a seed, yeah, it's, though, it's, yeah, it's right? Yeah, it's the body. Yeah. I feel like coconut's going to be the ultimate winner. Well, I hate I... coconuts and I hate pineapples, so I just don't consider them anything. Oh, I'm, I'm not a fan of coconut. I really like pineapple, though. Big fan of pineapple. Yeah, pineapples. Pineapple is like the greatest treat of all fruits, but it's such a great treat that it ruins everything else for you. There's like, when you eat pineapple, like you know, if, I, if you have a couple of bites of pineapple, it is like the sweetest, most delicious food. 
And then you try to eat anything else, and you're like, this tastes like garbage. I, Pineapple is a rude fruit. I feel that way about <laughs> apples. Apple? You think that apples ruin the taste? What about, like, apples and peanut butter? Hmm. I don't know. I just like apples by themselves. How many apples do you eat a day? Uh, almost none. Almost none? <laughs> but when yeah, it, the, the majority of uh, Zach's fruit input comes from fruit by the foot, because you know, it's easy to measure how much fruit you have. I, every, every single day, John sees me eat one fruit by the foot. <laughs> one foot of fruit. How many servings of fruit is in a fruit by the foot, you think? A daily serving. Oh, one foot. Uh, it, is, okay. it is longer than one foot, but it is a daily, oh, that is true, it is a daily serving. It's <laughs> a daily serving of fruit. That's yep. That's hard to swallow. <laughs> you know, it's it's. I guess I guess they know better than me, and you would know better than I. But I, I did say that I am on a health kick recently, so I, I think <laughs> I would know. So fruit by the foot—that's the one that's like the the long thin strip yep. of the fruit. Correct. Putty. What's the one that's like the the longer or like the the wider sheet that has little shapes you can punch out? Uh, it's fruit roll ups. Fruit roll ups. Okay. How do you think fruit roll-ups compares to fruit by the foot? Oh, they're much better. Fruit roll-ups are? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they're like thick, and you just, you kind of just make it into like a stick, and you just chew it off like beef jerky. It's fun. To, it's fun to eat. <laughs> oh, why aren't you eating those instead? Because they're not at work. <laughs> <laughs> so your work stocks these these candies for children for you. Correct. Yeah, that's like. I think one of the few things that is consistently there, though, um, like our, our office, our company's not really big on having a lot of free food lying around. Um, like there's a, a um, startup like consortium thing in our building um, that I've, I've been to a few times, and they've got like free avocados, free bananas, free like a free cereal bar. Well, all let's kinds not let's not like, put free bananas in the same bin as free bananas. But cost, yeah, they have like... free avocados there. Ten cents um, per. Yeah, off we have uh, we we have uh, fruit by the foot, uh, and then sometimes other stuff. But um, that's like the one that's the really consistently there. Well, one time we ran out, and then I complained, and then it was back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not all heroes wear capes. This is the truth. Have you considered complaining to them that you would prefer if they got fruit roll ups? Uh, no, because I do a lot of complaining about our food, so... You gotta... <laughs> so you don't want to push your luck. You yeah. have to pick your battles. What are the most important food battles that you're fighting right now? Uh, trying to get the office to provide Coke Zero, whereas right now I am buying it for the office. Uh, and You're buying Coke Zero for the whole office? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. How much, how much Coke Zero does your office go through a day? Um, a day? I'm not sure, but a week we go through 24 cans. That's like... $50. Um, uh, in some metric, it probably is. Well, 50 Canadian dollars. Um, so that's impressive. So you want them to provide Coke Zero. Do they provide, um, like, Coke Non-Zero? Like Coke 100 or 150? Uh, they have, um, Diet Coke, which is just gross. Wait, really? Yeah, it's in the, it's in the closet. Huh. Didn't know. What is the difference between Coke Zero and... That's like, I know that there's a different flavor, but is there a... like what, what is the intent of Coke Zero versus Diet Coke? Well, what the history is that like Diet Coke came, I think, in like the 80s and doesn't did not taste like Coca-Cola at all. Uh, mm-hmm. And as the years went on, 
it was possible to make a calorie-free drink that tasted actually pretty close to Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but there were still fans of Diet Coke, so they couldn't change that formula. Plus, they wanted to appeal to men because they don't want diet; they want zero. I don't understand how there are fans of Diet Coke. It, it tastes so bad. It it truly is awful. It's, oh, it's gr- so gross. But you know, I guess some people just don't have any taste. Well, it's one of those. It's like taste is relative, right? Not when it comes to diet sodas. Diet sodas are awful. Ah, you say that, John, but like, look at fermented foods, right? Like, if you uh, fermented foods are great. Well, some of them are, but like, if you if you eat fermented foods that are outside of the sort of stuff that you grew up on, or like really radically different from the stuff you grew up on, hmm. then they just taste like rotting food, right? I, su- I suppose. Yeah, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but I think you're probably right about that. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the the win here. Okay, so oh, mark it up on the board. <laughs> wow, one, taking a W. Zero. Mm-hmm, taking a W. That's another W. <laughs> now, we're at 12 now. You know, we will say that um, that you, by being the first guest on this program, you get 100 Ws just sort of right off the bat. Um, oh, jeez. Wow, yeah. I feel like the W inflation is really going wild here. Mm-hmm, yeah, they, they stopped really Dragon Ball Z soon. Well, here's the thing, guys. It's all about modern monetary policy right now. Um, and so, in modern monetary policy, you know, the, the deficits don't matter. <laughs> Just keep on making more Ws, you know? What could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? The people. Uh, Zach, I want to bring us back to the um, uh, food um, or the, the food battles for a second. Because um, you, you mentioned some of the, the battles you're fighting for food. Um, but I want to talk about a, uh, a battle you are fighting for sort of the food waste, I suppose. Um, now you, you, I want to talk about your activism here, uh, with regards to you taking on Big Pizza Box. Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I, I would like to get into this, but if there are any journalists listening, do not steal this story from me, because I (laughs) want to write this. So seriously, do not look into this further than what I'm about to discuss. (laughs) <laughs> also, if Pig Pizza Box is listening, I'm not afraid of you. Come at me. <laughs> um, so, a little bit of backstory is, um, I, I have always been a huge fan of recycling. You know, throw something into a bin after you're done using it, it gets remade into something else. That's a pretty good idea, right? Yeah. Um, so, I was on the Envirothon team in high school and looked into how to better recycle. Then I was a janitor at Disney World. We'll put a pin in that. We'll probably get back to that later. Yeah, we should get back to that. Yeah. Um, so at that job, I found out that pizza boxes aren't recyclable because uh, the, the grease in them is very hard to separate f- to get the cardboard out. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's actually better to compost your pizza boxes. They make great composting. Uh, so when I moved to Cambridge, Massachusetts, I got a thing in the mail said, like, here are the things that are recyclable, and wouldn't you know, big old pizza box right there looking at me, and I'm like, well, that can't be right. Surely, uh, there's a mistake here. So I went online, made sure that, you know, pizza boxes are not recyclable. I was vindicated in that, um, then I was like, well, that's strange. Why is this on here? So then I did a little bit more digging and started Googling Boston pizza boxes, and found out that this... uh, 
pizza box company wrote a fake news article praising Boston for the fact that it was recycling pizza boxes. <laughs> so, it sounds like Big Pizza Box has an interest in making it seem like pizza boxes are recyclable, and I bet that Boston gets some type of grant or tax break for the amount that they recycle, even though some of that stuff isn't actually recyclable, a.k.a. the pizza box. Mm-hmm. So I think that Boston is working with Big Pizza Box to up the recycling numbers, despite the fact that their products are not recyclable. Um, oh man, that's a, that's an interesting story. That's like that's pretty cool. Now I do see. I was just looking at the Cambridge website. It does seem um, like they do have a composting component that it, that is fairly new. Okay, so that's this, it's not the case that they could have been like separating them out for composting beforehand. Nope. Prior to this, this is this is sort of a new thing. Do you think it's possible that like I mean, if you ever go and buy some eggs or something, you know, those egg cartons are the sort of classic example of a recycled material, right? Are the ones in Cambridge particularly greasy? <laughs> the egg cartons or the pizza boxes? Yeah. The egg cartons. The egg cartons. Are they because like because if you're recycling the greasy cardboard and you can't separate it out, maybe you just have greasy uh, egg containers. Uh, the last I checked, I, I I don't often buy eggs, but the one time I did do it in Cambridge, they were not greasy. No, I usually buy eggs that come in the plastic cartons rather than the uh, the like recycled cardboard ones. Whoa! Mm. So you just like killing the earth, John? I, I, actually, I believe that. Um, the plastic ones are actually better for the environment. Um, I don't remember why, but I believe that they are. Uh, well, so but I think they are also recycled. Yeah, so recycled you're not plastic. able to recycle the egg cartons, I think. Well, I, Zach, you would know better than I. But I don't believe you're able to recycle like the, the normal egg cartons. But that's just because like that is the bottom of the barrel. That is the sort of yep. that is the last stop yep. of, of cardboard products. At that point, it's 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 done. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it would be better for the environment just because, like, you're using just absolute refuse, right? As opposed to fresh new plastic. I, uh, yeah, that's, that's fair. Um, I don't know, I, I did hear from a somewhat reliable source, um... Well, it wasn't me. At one point. Uh, no, I believe it was my sister who, um, like, studied environmental science in college and now is, like, working for the National Park Service. Um, that the plastic egg cartons were better. Well, what does the but, National Parks have to do with egg containers, John? You think Yosemite <laughs> is... Not, tell me this in like an official capacity as a uh, employee of the National Park Service. All this, I don't think it's I don't think it's right for the federal government <laughs> to be stepping in and and sort of you know putting their finger on the scale in the marketplace in this way. I think that's irresponsible. And not only that, <laughs> we just established that the government can't be trusted in terms of what is recyclable. It's true. They're probably they're probably getting all those pizza boxes. You know, what? they might be recycling them just by like giving them back to the pizza company. Like maybe maybe you recycle your Domino's pizza box, right? You, you put a little mark on it or something where like no one will see it, and then just check your Domino's pizzas for the next couple of weeks and see <laughs> sort of a tag and release program. Where are these pizza boxes going? Oh, that would make me so mad if I opened up my pizza box and recognized some mark on it. And be like, hey, I've seen this guy before. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's supposed to be fresh ingredients. 
fresh ingredients. Well, what if it's a recycled pizza too? Unfortunately, that's how Domino's <laughs> keeps the prices so low. <laughs> that would not surprise me with Domino's. <laughs> no, it's, it's reduce, reuse, recycle. Uh, they're reusing the pizza. Mm-hmm. But who? You know, who's they're eliminating food waste, which is a big problem? Who's recycling pizza? You eat the pizza. <laughs> well, and what do you think happens in your body? You think you're like destroying the pizza atoms or something, Zach? <laughs> Conservation of mass. <laughs> yes, but that doesn't come, it doesn't come out it. as pizza. <laughs> well, no, and you know, and like, and pizza boxes don't look like egg cartons, but as we've already established. <laughs> Cambridge has got some some fancy some secret technology to transform like the two of them, right? Sand doesn't look like glass, but that doesn't mean that they're not related. <laughs> also, I do want to I want to take this time as I take some time every episode to uh, get up on my soapbox and talk about recycling glass. Um, I think it's insanity. I think we shouldn't be doing it. Just throw your glass away. What? I, well, here's this coming from. Because John, saying, so, like, so when you, you know, there's, there's, there are a lot of things that are important to recycle, right? Like, okay. we should be recycling things that have high sort of phosphate content because there's a limited amount of phosphorus and it's important as a fertilizer. You got to recycle things with rare earth metals because you know it's not all that many of them. You can't make more or whatever. Okay. You know, like aluminum, that's pretty fancy, but glass. 60% of the Earth's crust is made out of silica. 60%, John. What's, are we, are we worried that like, oh no, we ran out of glass. Now we have to have plastic bottles. I prefer plastic bottles, John. Glass bottles just break. <laughs> I think it's wrong. I, I, Sorry, do you have any opinions on that? I'm going to have to agree with you there. I, I think <laughs> the better use of a glass bottle is to hang out in the abandoned cul-de-sac behind your old apartment and throwing it and smashing it on the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, speaking of places that you live, uh, this is something that I heard about. This is maybe the first thing that I remember hearing about you, Zach. Uh, you live in a mall. I do live in a mall. Um, I'm at the mall right now. You're at the mall. Um, what are you buying? Uh, I almost never shop at the mall. Okay. It's a bad mall. It's a very bad mall. Um, I might go to the Converse store today to buy some green Converses. Well, so you said you only wear Converse. How many Converses um, do you think you buy a year? Like one pair? Uh, like three. Three pairs? Okay, that's not too bad. Uh, I had a roommate who wore a lot of Converses, and he had a big sort of... I guess it was a a large sheet of fabric with a whole bunch of pockets sewn into it that you could hang on like a closet door or something. And there must have been like 30 pockets in this in this big old this big old piece of fabric and in every one was a pair of Converse. That's a con- life of con- lash. Converse Converseodes? I don't know what the plural is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but do you have that many Converses? I do not have that many Converses. I throw out old Converses. Converses just doesn't sound right. You don't yeah. recycle your Converses? <laughs> no, because I always get holes in them. Well, mm. you can you can like probably break it down into like some. Oh man, can you imagine an egg carton made out of Converse? <laughs> like that'd be luxurious. It'd be, it'd be silky smooth. You'll be able to tell if the smell is coming from some like cracked eggs or from feet. Well, they wash them first, John. 
Oh, okay. Now, you gotta That's be logical about this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I could buy, like, maybe they have these things where they sew all the converses together and they put one egg in each converse. <laughs> what a treat, you know? What a treat. <laughs> that would um, be a treat. I would, you so know, what? I would love to wake up, go to my shoes to get ready for work, and then just find an egg in it. <laughs> like some kind of Easter bunny, but with real eggs and only putting them in converses. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty similar, right? That's pretty similar to the traditional Christmas stuff, right? Where you'd, you'd leave your little wooden shoes out and Santa would put some fruits in them or something. Hmm. He'd put like an apple or maybe a pineapple or something. Um, no, no soft fruits because these are what pineapple is going to fit in a shoe? Well, a tiny one. You get little baby pineapples, maybe. <laughs> so I don't know that for a fact. Uh, I've seen I've seen small pineapples for sale before. <laughs> you ever notice how like you go to the grocery store? I feel like they have a fruit bin, which is just like aspirational fruits, like dragon <laughs> fruit or like those little oh. spiky guys. <laughs> Like, a, no, fruits that, like a pomegranate. A pomegranate is an aspirational fruit. Mm. Yeah, you, that's, that's fair. You want to be the kind of person who will eat a pomegranate. Oh, I tried that once. But no one, yeah, no one can. Yeah, no one I think grapefruits probably go in that area, too. Like, it's not so much that, like, I mean, I've eaten a pomegranate, I've eaten a grapefruit, but there's a difference between, like, having once as, a, like, a special treat one time, or having one as a special treat one time, and then being someone who, like, goes to the grocery store and buys them as part of your groceries every week. Like, like that's the that's the thing you really are aspiring to is being is like is buying them consistently and being able to eat them consistently. Well, it's like here's the thing: it's not so much a special treat, John. They can be quite tasty, but it's it's a special ordeal. <laughs> they really are. Yeah, eating a pomegranate is that's an afternoon of work right there. Yep. The one I think I think I've only eaten a full pomegranate myself like once or twice in my life. Yep. But every time it it looked like I massacred someone afterwards. Did you eat like, the seeds, just... John? Oh yeah, but there's like th- there's just red juices everywhere. Then like when you after if you eat all the pomegranate seeds though when you go to poop, that must be it must be a disaster. Those seeds are pretty soft. You like crunch them up as you eat them. Are you not worried that a pomegranate will grow inside of you? <laughs> They're big. They're big fruits, John. I, I wouldn't want a pomegranate growing in there. I saw that episode of Rugrats. <laughs> Chucky ate that watermelon seed. It was a big deal. He died. <laughs> he did die, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I turned the episode off halfway because I was just, like, too nervous. It was too, it was too big. But going back to the mall, Zach. Going back to the mall. Um, so... I guess first off, you know, a lot of our a lot of our listeners will be wondering how can someone live in the mall. Well, it's a very uh, trendy thing right now uh, for basically companies to just build these malls with apartments above them for millennials because millennials love to shop. Millennials do love malls. That's one thing that I've heard again and again. <laughs> um, so they style these apartments for millennials and just put them over like. Uh, I think John once described it pretty well as upscale Applebee's. Yeah. Uh, every restaurant here is an upscale Applebee's to some yeah. extent. Maybe a dragon fruit bees. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but, like they, they do have a, a variety of different food types. There's like a southern place. There's a Mexican place. I think there's some sort of like Asian fusion place or something. But like regardless of the type of food that they're serving, the sort of like 
the ambiance and the, just, like of each one of these places and just the general sort of like vibe you get from it is that of an upstate upscale Applebee's. And then there's the Outback uh, Steakhouse here. Oh, okay. the, the odd man out. <laughs> a restaurant. Yeah, still still a in there. A yeah. restaurant worse than Applebee's. <laughs> I've actually never been to one. I, I didn't realize it was worse than Applebee's. Uh, in my opinion, the one I went to in Japan did not have very good food. Well, why don't you go to the If I've learned one thing from doing this ASMR podcast for ten years of my life, it's that Japan has some great steaks. Oh, they do. Mm. I had some pretty good steaks. I also went to the Outback Steakhouse in Tokyo. Did, did you get a steak there? No, I got chicken fingers because I thought that was even funnier. Okay. <laughs> the chicken fingers were not good. Well, of course they're not good. Chickens don't have fingers. <laughs> you know, Too I hadn't thought of that. God here. Yeah, they're trying to play God, and it does. I, I think it's wrong. Um, so, so. Are you living in this mall because you are a millennial and you love it? Is this an ironic statement? Is this some sort of piece of performance art? Uh, I would say I, I live my life as a piece of performance art, uh, pretty mm-hmm. consistently kind of just assuming that someone is watching, or I'm just trying to make myself laugh. So that that was the primary reason for this. Uh, John and another coworker really talked me into, yeah. talked me into living yeah. here. It started it was, off... It wasn't hard, though. So, like... like... Really, all we did was plant the seed, and then Zach talked himself in. <laughs> now the Basically, latest. I just like briefly described to him how horrible this mall was, and how like artificial it was. How it was a monument to consumerism. How it was full of upscale Applebee's. And that was really all I needed. Then I just had to wait a couple of weeks for Zach to talk himself into it. Yep. Mm. Master manipulator. Um, so Zach, how, how's it been living at the mall? Oh, it is awful. <laughs> uh, it's really annoying to walk anywhere because there's just people just stop. It's it's a lot like Walmart. Um, there's just people just <laughs> stopping in the middle of the sidewalk, just standing there. Just sometimes people just stop and just have like blank looks on their faces. I don't know what they're thinking, but I'm like, look, move! Ooh. I gotta get going. Are they pointing at you, Zach? They might be pod people. No, this no, no, they have not. <laughs> Um, a new thing that's happened recently is that um, some people will tailgate into my building and wait in the lobby for their Ubers, and they will leave food and clothing. <laughs> I have found clothing, clothing in my lobby now. Um, <laughs> uh, it's becoming a... Why do they wait in the lobby of your building for their Ubers? There's like a million stores around. Exactly, because it's cold outside. But they can go into one of the stores. It's very annoying, and it's just... It's gross... Especially when I'm walking the dog out and she sees, like, this random, like, peanut butter, like, dipping thing just sitting there. Like, why? Why? <laughs> Take it with you. Well, I mean, surely, though, if, you, if you're all about, like, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle, you got yourself some recycling opportunities right there, right? Dogs are the ultimate recyclers. This is they true. Really uh, it would not surprise me if it started turning into people just smoking in that lobby. <laughs> It is bedlam. Like, the security's not doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. Well, they're too busy just sort of fighting off the pod people outside, I think. Oh, they might be. There's a lot of there's a lot of riffraff at the mall. Some teens riding their bikes. It's pretty terrifying. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. Are there, are there positive aspects to living at the mall? Uh... The apartment itself is nice. 
Yeah, it's a nice apartment. I've seen it. Yeah. Okay. I, I back that up. Yeah. You're close to the T. Close to the T. Conveniently tea. located. Uh, a convenience store open. That's pretty nice. Um, it's fun to yell at people who are eating ice cream before dinner time because the ice cream shop is right outside my window. <laughs> Maybe they just had an early dinner, though. You don't know them. Oh, boy, the dog is looking at the door and squeaking now. Uh-oh. This could turn into a disaster. <laughs> That's usually not a good sign. All right, uh, maybe we should call it here then, uh, mm-hmm. and let you go walk the dog. Yeah, well, Zach, it was great um, sort of getting to take a look inside uh, the Mouth of Madness. This, this is... uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug before uh, before we go? Um, malls. I would like to plug malls. <laughs> uh, someday okay. I'll start a podcast, so I'll plug that. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, let us know when you do, and uh, we'll we'll signal boost you with our with our sort of audience. Uh, yeah. Yes, uh, and again, I just want to, now that like I have your audience's ear, I want to pitch the idea of doing an episode of Bad Noises. <laughs> Re- bad Noises? Really annoying noises. I, it should just open with like a police siren going off and then cut, <laughs> smash cut to a baby crying. Okay. <laughs> is there a narrative to this, or is it just, just, just the noises? Noises that uh, annoy you. Okay. Uh, I, I will pro- happily provide the noises. <laughs> Not make okay. them myself, but have the sound files ready for us to listen to. Okay, so okay. sort of a bad noises yeah. ASMR episode. Yep. Well, we'll have to think about that. Uh, thank you very much, Zach, for joining us. Uh, tell Daisy that um, you love her. Uh, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> okay. Fair point, fair point. I was being paternalistic there, and I apologize. <laughs> Alright, and then we're... Here's the outro music. <laughs> wow, this is pretty good. Uh, yeah, there, it's, it's, a, it's a tight jam that John pulled together here. Wow, this is you're, really uh, high-pitched, and... Wow, you're really singing. <laughs> oh, it's a singing piece, I don't know. I thought it would be instrumental. <laughs> uh, well, there's both. Do you not hear, like, the kazoo? Yeah, now that, now that you mention it, I'm certainly hearing the kazoo, yeah. I don't know <laughs> how he's playing the kazoo and speaking at the same time. This is some type of audio well, magic. It's, it's just, it's like two layers. It's not that sophisticated. <laughs> it's, it's a surprising amount of effort that John put in, but... <laughs> well, thank you for that, John. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. I'm, I'm really, really proud of that outro music. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, thank you, Zach, for joining us. Thank you. Uh, have have a good day, everyone. Don't tell me what to do. <laughs>